0: Hello and welcome to the Drum History Podcast. I'm your host Bart Vanderzee, and today we are joined by the legendary Mike Mangini. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Bart. Happy to be here. Yes, so I don't think you need any in- introduction, really, but I think just to give people a little bit of a primer, um, just I have a list that's in no particular order. Berkeley professor for a while. Uh, you were in Dream Theater. You played with Steve Vai, Annihilator, Extreme. Um, educator, you have DVDs, you have books, uh, world's fastest drummer, five record holder, uh, from oh two to oh five. I think that's probably <laughs> up to date. Not to make you blush or anything, but um <laughs> yeah, you you are a monster drummer in, but I I just love that um we're gonna talk about some gear and some some building of the drum set, but you're also very involved in the brain and um, Mm -hmm. how, you know, neurofeedback and neuroscience and how it all relates to um, rhythm and drumming. So um, anyway, Mike, real quick, let me explain that people are used to having these unbelievably detailed, long gear, deep dive episodes that are three episodes deep. Uh, And I think for the sake of your time, I want to maybe look at one of your earlier kits, which is very interesting, and then some of your newer kits. But I want to hear more instead of the you know how long is that tension rod, more about how you design these sets. Um, okay, and and I think um, I'll I'll throw it over to you here first. So uh, up on the screen right now, we're looking at a video right now of you playing with Extreme in 1995. Um, how did this cu- this kit come to be with the Roto Toms? Because I love Roto Toms personally.
1: There are a few uh, factors in the design and uh, birth of this drum kit. Yeah. So the first one is musical. Everything's musical for me, no matter what view is taken or assumed. It is a musical source from the beginning. So when we look at this, you need to know a few other factors. I was trained uh, and very active in my town's public school system, and I was fortunate enough to have who I think might be the single greatest drum teacher that ever walked on the planet. And, and I can back that claim by saying, and see if people agree with this or not, but that the man explained why he mm-hmm. was suggesting that I do certain things. And he showed me how things worked. So my will was changed. I became involved. It wasn't, well, I said so, so do this and do this because I said so. And I'm the teacher. Blah, blah, blah. It was opposite of that. It was, it's unbelievable respect from him for all of us. I was 10, 10, and he respected me. He's like, so who yeah. are you? What are you? Well, okay, this is how your hand works. This is how the arm works. He would show me anatomy books. So that's what, what well, part of how I became this thing I, I am right now. But anyway, <laughs> because of because of the school system, I was an orchestrally trained drummer, um, and I played in the marching band in high school. So if you look at my drum set, you're going to see the, 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 the tri-toms that we had. Other people have four drums that they walk around with or quints, you know, five drums in the marching band. So that particular kit you're looking at is an apex shape, starting with a six-inch to- rototom in the dead middle, and then to the left is an eight, to the right is ten. So it's mm. an apex. The highest pitch is in the center. The next pitch a little bit lower is to the left, but the next pitch lower is to the right. And then the next pitch lower is that's lower is to the left. And then the next one's to the right, and then the next one to the left, and the next one to the right. So you have seven drums from the middle going six, and then on the left side, you get the the eight, the twelve, uh yeah, can I even remember what I had? And and then the sixteen <laughs> on the right. On the right, you have the, the well the sixes in the middle. But then you have the the ten inch, um, uh, then the fourteen, and then the eighteen. So yeah. it's an apex shape. It comes from one day I was in marching band, and I thought, why can't I set my drums up like this? Because then I can follow the melody in the music, the melody in the music. So by the time I joined Extreme, cable high hats were invented, and I thought. This is it. I mean, I saw the clouds open up. My pupils dilated. Things in my body, <laughs> things in my body started to do things I didn't understand. I'm like, this is who I'm supposed to be. I think this is yeah. this is it right here. So you could tell you know, I was I, I'm still now I'm smiling. The excitement was there. This is a musical decision, but I needed the artillery behind it. I needed the gear to exist. You know, you People can talk about art all they want, but I'm sorry, but the art does not exist without the the way to manifest it. If you don't have a way to manifest it, it's useless. It's in your head. You might as well be a a closet dweller, been the greatest musician ever in your own closet. It doesn't work. So um, I don't care what art you have. You need a way to express it, which is why gosh the music programs are so important and support is so important uh, you know resources but off that subject this particular rototom kit is an apex shape designed for the music and designed so i could follow some of nuno bettencourt's riffs exactly as he played them soloists don't play two notes per i mean two hits per note excuse me like like a drummer would go around a drum set. That's not how yeah, the other yeah. instruments are that, that. You
0: know, they play sure. riffs. And so I wanted to follow them. What made you choose rototoms? You're not going for gimmicks. You chose this. What What made you oh, choose this kit? Well,
1: initially, while the rototoms were around when I was, uh, you know, like, back in the days of Methuselah, a long time ago. They were around. And um, I, I had them because they, they were affordable and because I was short and could place them in places I could reach them. That was it. <laughs> that was that was the initial. But then it came to my attention that I could shove um, a microphone right up underneath them and get a very isolated sound from the bottom and a very open drum tone. Um, yeah, and then you, as you can see in that picture, my cymbals are all... Whacked out to the right and left, so those higher, you know, t- t- roto arms
0: didn't have any cymbals near them, so there wasn't cymbal leakage. Did it factor into your decision at all? And we'll we'll keep moving here with like bass drums and different your mixes of cymbals, but it, did it factor in that this looks awesome from the from the audience to see this setup and it's very unique. Mm.
1: Yes, uh, you can see the drummer and the nice and low, and that's why I have the chrome bass drums. I won a drum contest, so I won uh, all that stuff. Even though I was using Roto Toms anyway, and I was like, "Well, this is the perfect drum company." It was a. I'm with Remo. They they make the heads I use, and they make the drums I use. Gee, this is kind of cool. So it is. Mm. It is a. It's an optics thing as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's a good explanation, though. So those are Remo bass drums. So this is really a full yeah. Remo. Dr- Drum set, okay, cool. Yeah, what, yeah. What's your thoughts on the Remo shells? I did an interview and they and with Remo years ago, and they were kind of like, yeah, the shells, they were fine. And then they kind of moved on. Did you like them? I didn't get much details from Remo themselves about them.
1: Well, because what they're made of, it doesn't seem like it's uh, a desirable thing. Like it's made from the made from the the, the cardboard uh, rolls you know like the yeah. like, to, like toilet paper rolls with a giant thick cover and i think they used resin and everything but i i will tell you when i got the drums and tried them what i liked about them was that there weren't overtones it was like a real nice sound for recording like doom and that was it you didn't yeah. have to put tape on them or anything so i mean I look at every everything has its pluses and
0: minuses and anything yeah. and everything yeah. so. so all right mike so Jumping to a newer setup here, I believe this was if this was uh what what year would you put this set at uh, in your in your history? Was that 2010, 2011, 12 kind of era?
1: This was yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah because when I um when I uh, see I joined Dream theater for the 2011. Uh, a dramatic tour of events touring cycle i used the silver silver kits which was uh this one and um, uh, one painted by nub who works for american choppers it just it was silver like but just had a design on it like gray gray so anyway yeah that's a lot of stuff there
0: it is a lot of stuff so again for people who were just listening i mean now we're getting into the like the, the earlier Rototom kit was very cool, Apex, but it was like kind of like, you know, uh, it was not basic by any means. But for you, it, compared to this, it was more of a basic setup. So now we're getting into things hanging above you. Um, I know Terry Bozio was an early influence on you. Um, mm-hmm. So he's he, like, just kind of describe what we've got here. We've got things hanging above, we've got chimes, we've got, you're surrounded. How did this come to life?
1: Well, that because again, I was trained orchestrally. So, all of these things have a place in the music. I mean, if, if, and I like heavy music, I like, I like, I, I like classic rock that's heavy. You know, I like, um, metal that's not newer stuff, but that's more, uh, you know, 70s, 80s era kind of a thing. But anyway, the point is, and there's a low note hit, um, it's not a place where you hit a little six inch drum that sounds like a chihuahua barking <laughs> okay and yeah. so and so when guitarists I played with would go you know fly high up in the neck or a pianist fly high up in their upper registers well giant drums that ring a lot weren't appropriate to cop their notes meaning match their notes and mimic it especially if it was fast because the big drums have big drum heads and ring a long time, and it's just a big rumble and a big mess. So I have an yeah. orchestra of drums and a range and sound up above are the uh, the Pearl's cannon toms, uh, referred to as oct- octobonds, uh, way Tama makes. Um, but I and I called them the hamster tubes or the tube drums because it was fun and, and, and humorous to me. So those are you know the, those are not all the highest pitch though. The, actually, the I think the second one. Uh, is a lower is lower than my middle tom tom, like the twelve inch drum. So it's not like they're all higher pitched. They're just a particular group of drums that have a sound. And uh, yeah, this is a high pitch there. But my six inch drum is actually the highest pitched in the kit. So I had the range. The, t- the toms range from six to twenty, which gave me that orchestral thing. And so I just tried to put the cymbals, the crash cymbals, the big thick metal things up, up and away. Which is what I did, and then there was percussion in the music, and wind chimes, and stuffed, you know, sound blocks, and whatever the heck. So, you know, I, I had to push those aside, and and there you go. And um, yeah, but the, but the multi bass drums—that's something that that I developed when I was teaching at uh, at Berkeley. Um, I, I I wrote music, and I just heard bass drums that when they were played fast were tighter sounding and that when they were played very slowly and tried to move air, that tight little sound didn't float my boat. So I wanted a big bass drum that went boom that I wasn't going to play a lot of notes on. So that's why the 26 is there and it's set up on a slave pedal. So, you know, I could blast it off to the side. And then I had an 18 inch drum because I would play ghost notes with it while my left foot played lead notes either on the 22 or the 26 because I trained wow. myself to do so. It didn't matter whether I played right or lefty because I trained my body you know, to accept whatever my brain, whatever <laughs> yeah, my sure. brain, it's, it's like MIDI. It's like my brain and my body were like I had MIDI chords attached. Yeah, right? I assigned a sound and just move had it. a thought, <laughs> boom, just moved yeah. it. So yeah. that's what it is. It's, it's different pitches in the bass drums for tonality. It's a bunch of toms to... Match the you know the uh, the note area an octave sure. that was being played, and then the symbols were there because it was the same thing. I have stacks where I would reflect certain tones in pitch, but not exact pitch. That's the difference. Like you mentioned, Terry, his drums are pitch; they have actual notes. Mine are not. Mine are in ranges, <clears> and I play differently uh, than than he does when he's on that kit. He's literally playing the exact. Correct notes, like it's a Glockenspiel. But I was trained as an again an orchestral guy, so I know mallets. I can play the Glockenspiel. I play marimba. I play xylophone, and that's why I was able to write in my everything for a solo record that I released, you know, four months ago, five months ago. Which is great. Which is
0: amazing. Yes, invisible signs. Yes, love. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, yeah,
1: so that training, that that's this is this we're talking about. This kit, well, I'm spending a bit of time on it because it has more stuff than the other ones.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The real thing that keeps coming to my mind with all of these, with your huge drum sets and just drum sets in general from like a mega drummer is how do you go about designing this setup? I know the reason why, but is this a pen to paper kind of like, I want it to look like this. I imagine you work closely with Pearl to do this, but like when you're ready to switch over into a new set for a new tour cycle or whatever, switch into a new band, how does that happen? How do you get from your brain to this huge drum set.
1: I write things down because I believe uh, Plato was onto something saying that everything comes from shape and form and I've done a lot of I know you've studied some of my background but I am more into physics really than than anything at post cognitive science studies you know how does how does everything work what what is this how does it go so without getting into that too much. I write things down because it comes from ideas and images and then I have to work with it. So it means that I throw away a lot of pieces of paper with a lot of scribbly notes on it. and I don't care how many pieces of paper <laughs> I have to make mistakes on and crumple up and throw away. I just keep at it and keep at it because I must have that completion from yeah. this thing I'm not even quite sure about. It was like, I know I gotta be something on the drums. I know, I know. Uh, something's calling me. It's like a it's is like it's not electromagnetism. It's not a real magnet, but it is. It works like a magnet. So it's calling, sure. is pulling you, and it's made of information. It's actually made of information, which you can't even you can't even find it. Where is information in the universe? This is crazy fun stuff to talk about, but it's pulling me. And the thing is, yeah. I don't know enough. I don't know. And I and I don't want any presuppositions. I guess is the word. Uh, I I don't want to presuppose to think that I know when I don't know things. You know, this stuff I think is okay. I think I got this one, but still, I always keep a little bit open, going. Well, I might not have it right. Uh, yeah. You know, there might be a little something. You know, it's it's interesting. Sure. But so how do you take know? that to so per? How do you take that to pro? Write it down. <laughs> well, and then by you writing hand it, it. off. <laughs> well, I, I write it down. Write it down, and then I try things. And then I, you sure. know, I, I have existing equipment. Usually, I yep. usually have existing equipment. And then like a lot of musicians and drummers do, you sit there and it's like you're playing with Legos and you realize you can't position things a certain way, which yields necessity breeds invention, right? So mm-hmm. I've invented a lot of things for my drum, for my endorsement companies. I've come up with things because of necessity. Like, do you have a clamp that does this? Do you have a, gee, like... Uh, you'll notice, well, you could notice now if you look back that a lot of Pearl Drummers, their racks would be connected by a small piece. That was yeah. that was my deal. That's oh, that, wow. I did that. That's called an RJ50. Nice. And you know, it's not like it, the 50 people that use it are going to give me any credit or mention my name, and I don't need it, frankly. But the thing is, um, it would be nice to people know that. And the the the, the, the cable hi-hat development and a lot of things a lot of things came about from my necessity because i did things so differently that it gave pearl ideas and it's the same thing with zildjian and these trash former that came from i couldn't stack symbols without them creating a vacuum and the, the more cracked a symbol was especially an oriental type the more cracked it was the more the symbols wouldn't create a vacuum so i was like i one circumstance led to another and i had a bent symbol and the rest is history it became the trash former so it was like out of necessity for my desire to fulfill these musical things that i couldn't quite figure out because i think if i could have figured it out intellectually that means i would have already known and i didn't know i didn't know i was doing all this by trial and error and pen and paper and
0: (laughs) throwing it away throwing it away starting over well it lets it lets the next generation then know that all right, this has been done, and then they're gonna push it forward even more, and that's how our instrument goes from the early jazz days yeah. of you know you know playing traps to something as huge as this drum set where uh, it's yeah. it's just pushing it forward and then the way your brain works and the music and um it's just it's just incredible to see the evolution of our instrument so the way we're kind of doing this is early, let's say middle, and then now why don't we hop over to what you're playing? now and look at your current kit, which is a beauty, behind and we have uh, behind you. So this one, now me. we can switch to the real deal in the room uh, setup. So what do we have here? So so this, this is not the full kit with all of the
1: bass drums and all of the toms. It's missing the six and eight inch toms, <clears throat> which I've been thinking about putting back, <laughs> but in a different spot than they ever were because of my mix wave product. You see, I, I I designed the mixed wave virtual kit uh, of mine uh, in the Roman temple. And because of the necessity of like, well, how am I going to fit all the toms? Well, this that's just a virtual instrument that people can have all of this, right? With my sounds. Yeah. But the reality of this kit, I would put the six and the eight up near the near, near the center one. So it just has the 22-inch kicks. Um, it's missing a couple of times, but I do have extra kt10 roll and pedal so if i do need to use other kick sounds i can i always put it in the roll tm2 and it's my sound i can i can it's you yeah 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 i can sample it oh no yes <laughs> word i'm a fan of getting some help with my drum sound by layering a bit but it's got to be from my microphone and my sound and it's just like it's just like an additional microphone without the bleed. Yeah. Of course, and so like I'll record it separately, and then just kind of, you know, a little
0: punch, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah l- 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 layer it in. But it's not like you know so and so's database of kick drum sounds, and it's like matching mine and basically almost replacing it. So yeah, like, yeah, not 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 quite that. Because my my playing is so even that dynamics make it sound like a drum machine. So I have to like. I, I gotta watch that. Yeah,
0: um, sure. But it's so anyway, me, Yeah. What's the finish we have on this set here? It's beautiful. That that's like um,
1: BMW blue. It's car paint. Oh, uh, wow. per, pearl Pearl spared no expense for my drum kits with with expensive car paint. So um, that's what that is, and it's uh, from uh, uh, they get it from House of Colors. So, uh, but but that was the inspiration. Was was that was that. But, blue. Yeah. And that that's what it is. Um the the rims are brushed chrome which that comes in handy during video shoots and stuff because early in my early days uh, and the, when video
0: shoots started to happen, my drums would get sprayed. The chrome would get sprayed with stuff. So you've got this monster drum set, but you're actually kind of switching things up now. And you are doing a series of master classes uh, coming up. We're recording this January sixteenth, just so people know kind of the the time frame of this. But right now, you're starting these off. So tell us about it. What's going on with the master classes?
1: Well, the master classes are a. I describe them as a a premium a uh, high powered educational event because in that setting now you got to remember I taught group classes at Berkeley for 10 years and I was a counselor you know with the uh, the uh, cognitive <laughs> science and that 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 stuff comes into play so I really studied how people yeah how people operate and in this setting the confidence that people in that in classes with that setting get is, is unbelievable because they're seeing their own issues being solved with other people, like not just them or not just one person, but with everybody. So they realize that this solution actually works and they always have questions that another person in the class is asking. And when everyone gets to see everyone else's solutions being solved, the, it's powerful. It's really powerful, especially... When so many don't think that they can do something and I'm standing up there going, Yes, you can. It's just a little blockage in your perception of it. So let's let's clear that out, sure. clean the slate, and start and start, you know, with the fundamentals, which is why beginners can yeah. go.
0: Oh, so that's an interesting that's that's very good to bring up because sometimes you look at these, you know, master class and a beginner, you go, Whoa, 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 I don't think I can handle that. So I'm glad you said that because Maybe it's good for people to start off on the right foot. Of course it is. And get a good understanding of of what to do. Yeah, because you don't form bad habits. Bad habits are really hard to
1: rewrite. You you can't, you know, the the human person doesn't work like a computer. You can't just drag a memory to trash. I mean, we've all been, I'm sure everyone alive has been traumatized in some way. You'd like to drag some of that to trash, but you can't do it. So you, but you can't, there are ways of, Kind of circumventing that thought from going in the wrong direction, and you can kind of make stronger memories. Anyway, without getting too deep into it, I've spent a lot of time with it, and I apply that stuff in the class. People are happy, and that's what they are. They are master classes because I, I essentially um, people are going to save years off of their lives. And again, if they're not populated by too many people because then you know you're not going to charge that much money if you're going to charge money people have to get their money's yeah. worth what are they paying for they're paying to save a decade of time but it helps to have other people in there but not you know 50 people sure.
0: yeah too many well i know so. um i'll put a link in the description people can see the uh schedule i know you're coming to cincinnati where i am soon going way back so what was your jobs early on before drumming it sounds like you're doing some some cool stuff there Oh yeah, I
1: was a dishwasher. Let me <laughs> so tell was you. I.
0: Smelling broccoli,
1: smelling the worst thing it was smelling the, the 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 cream of broccoli soup in a pan stuck there. I I had to stop myself <laughs> from heaving for like 49 straight minutes. So that's that was glamorous <laughs> yeah. and I learned quite a lot. Oh uh,
0: well, but it's it's a oh, noble no, job. It it's very yeah. good.
1: Um but but I mean but for you know, but for me
0: you know I whatever I'm just yeah getting into right, the brain because really you are me, on but, your um, website you have a whole category and there's yes
1: well the the reason this came about is because um, with the scholarships offers that I was getting in the in the mail for every music college there was uh, it was looking it was it was pretty I'm a pretty fortunate person but my father said no. You're not going to school for music why dad because you can already do it you already won every contest hmm. in the United States why would I why why would you go to school for something you can already do so i mean i, I yeah, understood I what he meant and he's correct on that level but you know as musicians know it's more than the networking that gets you the job it's not about being the best <laughs> dish spinner because you can spin it faster than yeah. someone else or whatever it's really not fully about that. I mean, the skill is important, but you, you got to yeah. network, right? So anyway, but I, but I listened and I went to school for accounting and software engineering. And when I was in school for software engineering, I was also um, in the the higher level math classes because I was going to major in mathematics. That was his compromise. He's like, "Go major in mathematics in this school and then mm. minor in music." And sure. it's like, okay. So anyway, the, the point is it was important though. It was important because what I saw in those math equations and what I saw with the programming became simple, not complicated, simple. It became binary, it became ons and offs. And then I looked and I thought, I can program my body to, to I, and I can assign things to it. It's just like before I even knew MIDI, yeah. this this training and this thought that came into my head. I was like, I know I can do this. Like, I got to figure it out. That became rhythm knowledge, which is why rhythm knowledge is so different. It's because it's bare bones, ons and offs. It sounds complex. And, you know, if you just read even the stuff I can talk about and some of the things I know, it sounds like it's all like, deeply intellectual <laughs> and I'm like, wicked smart, and you know, whatever. It's like, no, look, come on, stop. I'm just... I'm motivated. I, I I learned things that made sense to me and that were calling me and pulling me and that I had some, 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 uh, yeah, I don't know. Sure. I got it. Yeah. What, what do you say? What What is it? I got it. And then I didn't, but I didn't get everything. And mo- in fact, most of it, but I got what I needed to do this. And so that's what it was. It was the binary. It was, it was the machine level language programming that really changed me. And then I, I dropped out of that college because a professor pulled me aside after school and said, "You need to leave the school. You can't be here. Why are you here?" And the reason he said it to me is because I joined the jazz band, and it was a business school, and I was I, t- I just tore it up like crazy. Uh, I auditioned and did a drum solo, and they didn't know what to make of it because I had, you know, was, yeah, sure, I had a lot of chops and stuff, right? But and I and I could and I could sight read it, and I made um i won the highest position jazz in high school could win in the country so i you know i yeah, was yeah, i yeah. Was, i could do it right i wasn't not the greatest and all <laughs> that but, but i was good enough and it, enough to freak them out and they're like you shouldn't be here buddy and i was like why it's, you know find me a job <laughs> yeah, like, <then."> come on <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah so anyway uh but then i sure. went into the music thing and you know and then i w- left the music thing For the software thing, and then I left the software thing for the music thing, and then I left the music thing for the teaching and counseling thing, and then I left the teaching and counseling (laughs) thing back for the music thing, and now here I am again doing, doing. Yeah, really. But and then
0: I mean, (laughs) you do though. From it seems like you're applying your interest in this, in in knowing and kind of understanding, you know, the brain on a. It's just a part of who you are, and I think that's becoming more and more common, and. And understood with our instrument that, like you know, listening to how you feel and 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 what's going on with with your body and your you know the neurofeedback is becoming more and more accepted. And I'm saying from personally, like people are listening more to those episodes that we've done on it, and I take that as a sign of like, yeah. oh, maybe this isn't so. Um, whatever you know, woo woo, as it used to be.
1: Yeah. Well. Well. But but here's the thing with me, and I want to make this clear that. I need to fulfill a puzzle. like I have to complete a puzzle, if that makes any sense. And the thing is, I don't always know what the final picture of the puzzle is. I just want to gather pieces, and I have some idea of it. I don't know that much. That's why I have to study sure. so much. So I need to fulfill everything, like my my DVD, The Grid – Everything that has ever been played on an instrument, everything that can be played, and anything that could ever be played in the future is essentially on one page that I made. It's categorically speaking, not with all of the elements. As I made this thing, I set this thing up like the periodic table of elements in chemistry, like everything's there. But but the point is I had to complete, I had to physically learn all the time signatures, all the subdivisions every major style there was, and I'm not talking just learn a few songs. I'm talking like really study it for years. I had to learn all the different dynamic levels. I had to learn all the different phrasings and uh, figures. I had to learn the notes. I had to learn uh, enough about about everything to fulfill this puzzle and fill it in. And then I did the same thing as far as um, um, the education thing is concerned because I didn't go that all, I didn't go all in on cognitive science. I went in enough to help me know, aha, this is why I can do this and that person can't. And this is why that person could do something and I can't do it. So the the whole thing was seeing what, you know, I got to complete this. I got to make this puzzle of me too. And I mean, it's all of these things like, oh no. And I don't even know what all of them are. I got to figure it out. So with cognitive science, I took it to a point. It's more about I've a gr- a grid out what a human person might be, and that's deep because there's oh my my bookcases are full of philosophy books and and just all kinds of uh, different yeah. sciences and opinions and sure. stuff you know and it's like okay it looks like intellectual stuff and it just might be that on some level but I'm not you know I'm not <laughs> that wicked smart I just kind of know I know how to. Figure things out like i i find solutions to intangible things i i i can't fix i can't fix the 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 second door in any of the doors in my house i go like i'll, I'll bend the screws i'll bend the hinges i'll i'll, I'll, I'll say i'll call the door name yes, if it's the yes. door's fault i'm like i won't say any words but i'm like i'm not i'm not good no, at but- it okay so i'm not you know what i'm But I know this sounds like
0: what you're doing, and I think a lot of us can do, is is look at something that's a pretty heady kind of like deep. People have their entire career, they have masters in it, and you're taking the things that you need and you want and applying it to what applies best for you. Because I was explaining it to you before, and I've told people on the show before, I've filmed psychology seminars for continuing education courses for years. And it's you go, you sit, I film, because psychologists have to take classes to keep their license and i'm the guy in the back filming them there are some pretty dry and boring subjects i will tell you after doing it for six years (laughs) you know but it pays the bills but there's some that pop up where i go oh my god that's fascinating or wow i'm gonna apply that to my life so it sounds like you're very good at i like that i like that i want to apply that and yeah
1: yeah and it may it made me unafraid to you know buy a book this thick read or skim through it and not worry yeah, that I yeah, didn't understand at sure. all. I didn't worry about I wanted to understand what the book was trying to say. Like, like almost like the table of contents became interesting to me. It's sure. like, what is, wh- I want the picture. I want the road map because you know, I know I'm going to go down some street and if the street is unsafe. So it's not about just having the map because then you can go on a street and other locals can tell you, don't go down that street. It's unsafe. So, you know, because you don't, you need, you need the you need the macro, you need the micro, and then you need the connection between the two. It's like it's like not to go off on it because we could talk about drum yeah, yeah. sets, right? But it's like it's kind of like how it's kind of like how light works with the photon. The light is only what the observer is observing. And it changes sure. with the observer. That's that's quantum physics. That's is bizarre. So, you know, if you freeze, you see just the, the photon. It's you don't see the light wave because the photon's not moving. Hello. But if you see it in a different context, you see the light wave because you're, you're viewing a different thing, but it's like, it's like you're going from the micro to the macro, to the mic. It's like this wave that I'm existing. And it's how I always saw how I saw life was I need to get both ends of the spectrum and yeah. then fill it in. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's the crux of the simplicity of my first rhythm knowledge book. It yeah. says, here's a person on a, in an environment. What are the components of the environment? All right. What are the connections between me and the environment? And I used to, um, um, assess, you know, environments that way and, and how I would exist in those environments. But we're going back to the drum kit, going back to the drum well, kit. I was the say, how do you thing. apply it's that like, to okay. the drum
0: set and to drumming in the simplest without, you know, because that that all that stuff goes down a path of like it gets confusing and people get turned off pretty quickly and go, ah, whatever. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, know. You know I find it fascinating. But but really, though, I mean, it's <laughs> how do you apply that to the to, you know, your average Joe playing a drum set and how he can get a little bit better today? Because all of it all of it has to do that with the person sitting down and
1: all of the possibilities that exist outside of them, meaning for the equipment and stuff. So what you do is you apply it by saying, well, what's fixed? What's something that's fixed. Okay, so it's fixed that I'm a human being. i got to sit on a stool, so i got to sit a certain way. There's something called the bass drum pedal. Okay, I'm not going to kick the drum with my bare foot or anything. So these things are, these are givens. It's called in math. You're going to, you know, a problem. It's like, well, here are the givens. X is 8 and Y is 44. You know, and then you fill in, you fill it in, but there are givens. So there's givens with the pedal. It's all fixed and the drums are set up a certain way and the hardware for each company is limited to the hardware for each company, so it does certain things and doesn't do other things. So that's how you apply it is you get, a, you get a perspective and a picture and you go, okay, what are my options? What are my options? And then you start with something that's that you understand and you can reach and hit and go, okay, this makes sense to me for the music that I like. And so all these other things come into play because you start thinking about shapes, shapes, like to memorize music. There's shape and form. There's always form to music, and there's a shape to it. There's, there's a shape to this. A lot of triangles sure. on my kit. I remember a lot of things and get creative with creative with my expressions because of some shapes. It's like, well, I'll make a rhombus or some funny word or whatever. Yeah. It's a shape, a trapezoid. You know, it's wee, it yeah. looks, like, looks like that. Or a bunch of triangles or lines and things. And then you can start to then, then you get the idea like, Whoa. Why don't I make a line and put two snare drums up like cymbals just mm. to see what happens if if someone has the resources to do so? So the shape and form start to come into play. Um, the cognitive science comes into play by way of what do I like? What comes natural? What don't I know? What don't I know? What, what can I learn? Gee, maybe I could set something up to help me learn that, and I could transition to – that first Apex drum kit with Extreme that we started out, a lot of that um, was designed, of course, for musical purposes. But I couldn't play it when I first set it up, so it was made. It was like it was a tool. Yeah. It was a learning tool. Like if I could learn to play this, if I can really flip my feet around and really truly play completely lefty, gosh, I'll be able to play four million six hundred thousand and seventy one <laughs> sure. more things.
0: Yeah. No, I I just say it because, but there's like, there's like mathematical, there's equations and there's things that are out there in the world that have been there for a thousand years, but taking that and going, Hey, maybe if I set it up, like, you know, that dead guy's theorem or whatever to like light it up, uh, that'll be, that'll make me play a little bit better. Oh, wait, it did. Great. Yeah. Well
1: yeah, and yeah, and even the and even the angles of drums, because let's just say, let me give you an example of something that freaks people out and it shouldn't. It's calculus. Calculus is like movie frames. It's moving pictures, is what calculus is. That's all it is. Is motion that you can slice up so you can predict it. That's how rockets can land on a, you know. A small area in the moon you predict you make predictions you can take space and like slice it up yeah. and then calculate stuff and it works but the thing is there's equation there's equations that have things called limits so forget what it means technically forget it what i did as a drummer as i thought what's my what's my limit like i took the word literally so i didn't sit there and apply a differential equation to my tom toms i mean come on um but what i did is i said oh a limit. Mm, oh, that sounds interesting. Like, what's my physical limit? And so I was like, Oh, well, the angle of the drums. I I can't. Like, I'm uncomfortable. So, gee, why don't I study the human body and some biology or something? Just an anatomy book. I'm not talking about getting deep. I'm just talking about open your eyes. Like, what am I? I'm a person. How do I work? And I'll tell you, one of the greatest blockages to learning is is, is, the, is the presupposition that you already have the full truth. Sure. You already yeah. know it. And it's like, okay, I'm not talking about devaluing absolute truths, okay? Yeah. And there are, because if there weren't, then – you could say, well, there are no absolute truths. And then I could say, is that an absolute truth? <laughs> and then you're going to circle. And that's, that's, that's the end of that argument. There are absolute truths. So I'm not trying to demean them. What I'm trying to say is that, you know, I've learned, I have had to learn the hard way that no matter what I'm studying or getting, I still have a little bit in me that's like, okay, show me what I'm missing. And I'm always open to say, show it to me then. I want to see what I'm missing, explain it. Because if I don't have it, yeah, fair enough. So I, I have that I have that that quality where I'm stepping back, going, but when we you know think we have the whole thing, it gets in the way because it's like, well, drums shouldn't be set up like that. That's somebody that's in an unfortunate place and their belief yeah. is in the way. And I'm not I'm not demeaning belief no. because I, I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. you know not want to do that. But because I don't believe that uh, belief, my <laughs> yeah. belief in belief. No, 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 no. It's like, and it ch- things change for people. We have, we evolve, we learn. It's yeah. always something else. And I sit there and go, I thought I knew about this thing. I, mean, I don't even know what
0: this word means. Like, yeah. oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, you know? I mean. You, no, they say the older you get. Well, you know. but your body changes <laughs> and things. And I mean, we all like, just just as you yeah, said, yeah, you yeah, all, yeah. we all kind of know things that we know we should be doing, but we're not doing. But if we worked harder at it, we'd be better. But uh, it sounds like sometimes okay. we need to listen to more of our invisible signs, which is a, a transition to talking yeah. about your album, which is incredible. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I yeah, love yeah. it, man. You know, and I, you. I listened to the whole thing a few times and I like all the songs. Earlier, I was listening to Seek and Find. I love that song. I think the whole thing is just awesome. But um, tell us about it. Tell, yeah. That thing's powerful, yes, yes. isn't
1: it? I mean, Seek and Find, it's just, it's the simplest beat in the whole world, but that's such there's yeah. such openness in those chords. Did you record it all at your house, or wh- where did you? Everyone recorded all of their parts in their sure. own personal studios. The tracks were sent to me. I then did stuff to the tracks, and then I passed it on to Jane, Jimmy T, uh, who I worked with. A lot uh, for about four or five years with Dream Theater. Like when I say work with a lot, I don't mean like in, even in the Dream Theater realm, which we did. I'm talking about conversations. You know, in uh, we stayed in the same hotel. I'm like let's 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 meet down at the bar and have a beer. Yeah, I want to talk yeah. to you. You know, we would talk before sound checks and. Uh, he helped me a lot with engineering, and I got help from Rich Chicky, uh, who was just, 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 just. He's just, just. He's, he's just. <laughs> I get it, right? So, um, uh, these, 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 these wonderful people helped me uh, because I don't, didn't know enough, you know. And even when I thought, okay, I'll, I'm going to do this, and I, I did everything, every instrument, I wrote everything, virtual instruments, by the way, as I had played guitar and bass. I just know. No, no, put <laughs> it down. The virtual stuff's a lot easier to yes. get my point across. Um, so, so, you know, once I did all that and I had to sit back and, and say, I felt like Ch- Chevy Chase in uh, Christmas Vacation. <laughs> yeah, just kind of nodding. You know, it's like contemplating. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um, it's like, okay, I'm turning. I'm going to give autonomy. Uh, I'm going to let Jimmy T do, do his thing to 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 these tracks and you know after I did my thing and then we would go back and forth. So point being that that album um which ended up I you know players had things to say I listened. Yeah. Of you course. know um did you mean this F I, is it a wrong note? Yeah, Mike, it's a wrong one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's change. Uh, no, it. I like, didn't well, I, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I don't have any it was it, it, no, but it was, but, but it was interesting because I've been more protective of my drumming when it's with well anyone else gets control of it or something uh but with this album and writing i ha- i not only had zero ego with it i was like really humbled by the process like ah, uh, uh, this is the best i can do like what did you have any ideas what do you what do you know it's like okay i know what i want but i don't know it all here so i, I got opinions all about it, uh, songs before i chose them i got I let people review it. I, 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 you know, I involved other people and I listened to them. So that's really what makes it powerful: is that this solo project of mine, which I did everything on, I feel like Doctor <laughs> yes. Evil with the with air the quotes, quotes, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it, it, it. What, what made it best was saying, "Oh no, 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 no. I have my direction, and it's a, it's, it's a, it's a piece of me. But I'm going to let people that do things better than I do." have their say, and go sure. and do those things. So um, I recorded it uh, in this studio here, and it, it was a different shell. It was the nub kit, um, the reference pure that I recorded but re- recorded on, but it was set up the same as this, which I used on distance over time with Dream Theater and that tour. So the six- and the eight-inch toms are not there, and uh, o- only <laughs> – only two bass drums are there, the the twenty twos, and I find that if anyone's into gear and you are, you know, yeah, yeah. talking about gear here, that recording with two bass drums um, is easier in the in the edit mix stage, in case of errors or whatever, uh, because I look at I, I'm the guy that records things and recorded everything in one pass oh, wow. for most of my career, yeah. one take. Oh, I did because I, well, I would learn it because then I, th- the benefit was that you can weed out the BS and you can find better things to play. And when you're playing it for real and it's one pass, you realize that it's the experience is different. You're like you change the things that you might not have done or might or might not know about because you have to play it sure. in one shot. So if that that's the case, and one of my limbs wax a drum. Uh, Before a downbeat in an ugly way, let somebody fix (laughs) it. Like, fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, you know? Like, so what? I'm not going to play the whole thing. The feel is great, but um, and all of that. But anyway, with that being another subject, that's this. And the solo album was recorded on everything here except just the drum shells were swapped up with the same cymbals. Very it sounds incredible. I right. mean, it's it's a and, it's a
0: drummer's album, yeah, but it's thanks. not. It's a. I mean, it's like a band. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a musician. It's yeah. It's just I would put it on and you know play it for my wife or for someone who's not a drummer and just they wouldn't they wouldn't know it was just a drummer who's doing his awesome project. It would just comes off as a really great musical. You know, a band, a great album. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I. I I wrote it for the yeah. average listener. You know, you can hear the drums sound incredible in that album. Not only did I hit them hard, but I've done that on every album. But the thing is that I'm the engineer, and I was involved with 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 the mixes, although I wasn't at the mixing board. I, yeah. I was doing it remotely. But I had worked with Jimmy T enough; he knew how I wanted it to sound because he knew because I communicated what. I was hearing. So it wasn't like, I want this and I want that. And I don't like that sound and disagree sure. with this. It wasn't about that opinion kind of a thing. It was more like, listen, I'm the drummer. I, I create parts because of how they sound back there. And on uh, whatever records, it doesn't sound like me. It doesn't feel like me. It doesn't have the nuances like me. It yeah. doesn't, it's not me. Because it's you know a bunch of other people in the in 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 the in in the line and it that's but that's how things work that's why it never you know uh, nothing I you know it's just like yeah. I accepted it I didn't have to for my record and I was like I darn well I'm not going to that's part of the reason I made it was to go this yeah. is how I sound no it's a great
0: mix of being a you know? monster drummer and but so- also being listenable because even even as a mega drummer I'm sure you don't want to you know be driving in your car every day listen we we don't all want to listen to drum solos all the time <laughs> we want to listen to other stuff i think you've you've, you've been a, you know yeah. this but i think you've been a huge inspiration to many 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 people and uh you're a lot of people's favorite drummer Good. and i think um it's just incredible so so before we wrap up i gotta say thank you to uh nice. paul from uh drumming news network who i've i've talked to paul for the last year or so about different things such a hardworking guy who really is just doing everything to kind of be in the drum community in a a really good way and spread the knowledge. And uh, I just like that. Like there's not always a straight path of being a, you know, rock and roll drummer on TV. It's like sometimes like me, there's little side outlets you can go of just like talking about things and providing the knowledge. So thank you to Paul for connecting us. I think that's super cool. And I appreciate that
1: yeah so do I and that's why he's uh spearheading these master classes for me because he's connected to that environment and he's vested in it and he's emotionally into it and he's knowledgeable he's got he's got everything yep. and he works hard so you know that's that's that that so yes. so I am grateful as well
0: Mike as we wrap up here at the end, one final question to kind of tie things back to the original conversation about gear and designing your monster drum kits. What's really at the crux of uh, your drum set? Like, it's not even designing it. It's just like it's you're in the middle of these monster setups, small setups, practice pad setups. What's really the most important thing that brings it all together and kind of makes it Mike Mangini's drum set, if that makes sense?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's that I have found a way to be aware Of that thing that is calling me, but it's magnet, it's pulling me. When I, what I, what I mean by that is, you know, um, these thoughts and images that, that come in when I'm in a, in a focused place about, about my instrument and, and my music. So the thing is the drum kits, the drum kits have developed to satisfy the music I'm hearing in my head. Sometimes it came from, you know, my being very young and just, well, if I don't have this stuff, then I can't play like that guy, (laughs) you know, sometimes it's as simple as that. And then with my, my development, it's a matter of, but I'm, I'm, what about this? And what about that? And then using the drum kits as a developmental tool, meaning, you know, I can't do this. I can't hit this. I can't even reach that. I don't even know what to do about this, but I set it up anyway. And so the drum kit becomes a learning
0: ad- and and uh, uh, a development tool on my whole being. It's incredible to look through the the, the years of your sets, and I know that there's a lot of uh, you know thought behind it. There's teams of people building it. There's painters. There's there's a lot of you know the the ergonomics. But from a guy sitting in the audience looking up, they're awesome. They're incredible. So good job for mm-hmm. creating some you know iconic drum sets that people can just. Sit there and drool over and posters on the wall kind of stuff, you know. We, we got to have that in our industry.
1: Yeah, and uh, I I guess it's part of the joy to <laughs> to say how much fun I've had posting these videos from my pad, just to just a yeah. one snare pad and a kick pad. It's and I made music, making music out of it. There's plenty to do, and it's like, yeah, of course, someone doesn't. Need all that, but I want that because it's musical <laughs> for me, and I don't need anybody telling me that it's not needed. And oh, it can be done with three drums. So and so does it with three, three drums. Well, let so and so yes. go do it because it's not the same orchestrally. It doesn't sound the same. No. It doesn't have the same impact uh, for certain kinds of music. And on the opposite side of the fence, on the opposite side of the fence, yeah, a larger kit has its so, issues sure. at times. So you have to balance it. Like, what? What's, this, what's the music? What is the music demanding? It's not any one's yeah. better necessarily than the other, but one does might, and it might work better in some situations depending on the reason, you know, uh, the premise. Like, what's the point here? It's like, oh, that's why. Okay, well, that's, you have that drum yeah. set set up. And, at, and then at the end of the day, too, let somebody do it. Why is this? one person care how someone else <laughs> likes a drum set set up and all, and then proposes to tell them that it's not right. That's just human nature. <laughs> it's so interesting. You, there's a, you it's, that's the internet
0: era. Yeah, it's you, comments and it's, that's a very interesting point of, it's just honestly, I think it gives people something. It's the Monday morning quarterback. It just gives people something to talk about. But once you hit a certain level, the wow, top of the mountain whatever. is windy as they say, or it's windier at the top of the mountain. Um, but so yeah. yeah yeah no mike this is incredible man yeah. i think we know about invisible signs um the you can search mangini and you'll find it um there's an awesome um spotify playlist that's the mike mangini discography that has a ton of your stuff on there which is super cool to listen through um and I, I recommend that as well MikeMangini.com. you're on youtube as well a lot of great stuff on youtube um, social media.
1: I, my link tree goes to all this, but the but the artist name for my album is Mangini, yes, just Man-Gini. It's not
0: Mike Mangini. It's Mangini. You got your master classes. Oh, you're looking forward to that. Uh, I feel like you're always on the move. I mean, you're always doing something.
1: You know what? I have a another Vimeo subscription, um, thing coming out, and these things are. W- incredibly affordable. I mean, it's like I'm practically giving the stuff away for like the cost of a Starbucks coffee a month, you know, one. Um, so I have one coming up that are playthroughs of invisible signs, a drum playthroughs. And I have something really special. Um, oh, cool. That's I'm yeah. s- still not finished. That's why I haven't put it out yet, but I have all different speeds. So you can see it uh, in slow motion. Um and then I'm I'm I have one version that I'm building now where I'm speaking I'm doing a voiceover so you know what I'm thinking and when I'm thinking it which I it's it this is the thing it's yeah. like that's what I do why haven't I ever thought to m- use it in 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 a video in this context not just voiceover not voiceover it's like no yeah. what's happening in the inner game Yeah, but it's like it's 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 commentary. It's it's, it's deep stuff, and uh, so that's that's going to be released very soon. And that's essentially in my master classes and in in my Vimeo videos. I go deep into it. I don't reveal all that with with social media posts. Social media posts for me have always just been about tying in the people, keeping in touch, promoting things. You know, keeping it keeping it going. But it's it's not been about my giving away the farm. Uh, No way. That's, that's, that's on the subscription services and, and, and the classes So yeah, no. people are paying good money for that. Um, and rightly so, well, rightly so it's saving them 10 years yep. of time, five Which years is of good. time. Why not?
0: Yeah. I'll put a link to all the, dis- everything in the description for Mike's, yeah. Mike stuff. So you can check it out And the, uh, Mangini man, album, invisible signs, the masterclasses, everything there. So Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you tonight, man. And, and thank you very much for your time and coming on. And I hope that everyone come- if, if Mike's coming to a town near you go out and check it out and uh, check out the album. So Mr. Mike Mangini, thank you for being here. My pleasure. If you like this podcast, find me on social media at Drum History and please share, rate, and leave a review. And let me know topics that you would like to learn about in the future. Until next time, keep on learning.